What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the e-commerce unlocked podcast, where we're talking about all the things e-commerce. Where you know you are going to learn tactical, real life things that you can put into practice in your e-commerce business today. And today it's a fun one. We're going to be doing some spicy takes on the future of UPS. Woo, woo, spicy on UPS. You never hear that. Yeah. UPS is never spicy. I'd say no. No, they're not. They're really boring. I mean, the brown really exemplifies like the personality behind the brand. But today it's getting spicy. <laughs> they got yellow in it. It's brown and yellow. They got some color there. <laughs> I mean, when you say brown and yellow, what do you automatically think of? Uh, shipping for sure. And spicy. No, spicy toilet. Shipping. <laughs> toilet. That's why it's spicy. They, they need a rebrand for sure. But uh, but they're kind of known for their like uh, they're brown. So, you know, you can't really change that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so today, I mean, we're doing a spicy take. So let me just kind of kick this off with an experience I had yesterday. Um, it was, let's see, today's January 31st that we're recording this yesterday. I was at, I had to do some Amazon returns, you know, coming right up on that. The last days for those, those holiday returns I go and it's packed at the UPS store, like just tons of people. As I'm walking in, the lady that's walking out, it's like, man, you, you got some Amazon returns. looks like it's the last day. Because just everybody was there and they just had these like boxes and these Gaylords are just full of, of returns, just bagging. And they had like five employees there just cranking, you know, taking people's returns, throwing it back. And I'd say, you know, most of these were um, Amazon returns. And so really kind of got me thinking, like, is this like all they do? We asked the, the people that work there and they're like, yeah, no, it's probably, I asked them, it's like, what, what percentage of everything you do is Amazon returns. And they said easily over 90%. So this got me thinking like, that's insane. Like, I can't believe that they're doing so many, just specifically Amazon returns, but returns in general, like they've kind of got like a really good process for it. They're cranking it out, but it's insane how how much they do. So kind of got us into this thought of like, well, what's, you know, what does UPS look like? What are, you know, what are, where are they going? What are they doing? I mean, Emerson, when was the last time you did an Amazon return? Um, I don't do them. My wife does them. I'd say I'm not actually that big of a, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, she, she does it. She goes every week, at least all the time. Um, dropping stuff off at UPS. She is a consistent returner. She's really good about it. I am honestly terrible at returns. I buy it and I'm just like, ah, I got the wrong one. I guess I'm stuck with it. Like I'm actually not that good at returning stuff. <laughs> well, shoot. Yeah, no, I, I'm a pretty, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a returner. I return. Oh no, you're a return uh, abuser. Like Amazon. No, I'm not a return abuser, but like I'll order something. And then, well, so the ones that I returned yesterday, it was broken. It arrived damaged. Mm -hmm. So I told Amazon, like, I don't want this, right? I, you know, I'm I'm bringing this back. And, you know, I felt like that was, that's totally justified, right? I'm not an abuser. Mm -hmm, Definitely. But, uh, but no, I mean, I, I will say I I take advantage of the return policy and uh, (laughs) looking at it, I mean, it's probably, the way they do it through UPS makes a lot of sense. Like you're not putting it in a box, you know, it's convenient mm-hmm. for me because it's boxless, labelless, you know, and they're just throwing it in a bag. They're, you know, bulk processing it and it takes up a lot less space. Like they're able to get tons of returns in, in, in like this Gaylord versus, you know, if we individually boxed everything. So economically it kind of makes sense, right? For reference, a Gaylord is one of those big boxes. It looks like a refrigerator box for all your packages. <laughs> so for those of you wondering what a Gaylord is, that is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling that out because it is kind of a, one of those funny words that somebody's gonna be like, what is it? What, what, what is, is he talking so, about? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Emerson, do you want to kind of hit us with uh, kind of where UPS from like a, 
from a stock standpoint, what they're looking at. Here comes a one-two punch of UPS. Let me hit you with it, all right? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, last year, 2023 was an interesting year. I mean, most of us are aware of um, they had the, the Teamster strike, the union strike going on last year, which affected a lot of the volume of what was going on with uh, UPS in particular. So it was kind of like a all-out war of the carriers trying to get that volume uh, during that throughout the UPS strike. Um, obviously, we kind of heard about the results of that. Teamsters Union got some pretty good leverage on that, um, higher wages and stuff like that. So really quick, the Teamster Union, is that – those are just the drivers. Like the drivers are part of a union, right? Is that yep. the – Yep. Uh, Teamsters driver union on it. Yeah, UPS is unionized on that. So – um, wanting some of their stuff is like they wanted AC in their trucks. They wanted um, higher pay, different hours to work, stuff like that. Um, there's a whole bunch. We could go way in depth on everything with the UPS strike. Um, but yeah, so that's, they came out pretty aggressive on some of those demands. And since like they pretty much got all of them in the final hour, um, UPS like, all right, here we go. Sounds good. Hmm. So, um, but due to that, also just due to the, the kind of the economics or the economy, in general, volume across all carriers is down as a whole, but that strike um, definitely diverted a lot of revenue uh, away from UPS to other carriers. So kind of just from their earnings call um, a couple days ago on it is they saw a decrease of about 27% or so in profit last year um, than in previous years. So what's kind of interesting about Jeez. these numbers, I kind of want to do a bit more in-depth analysis on it is they're down 27% from last year. But what's interesting is uh, they definitely had some pretty good years um, during COVID and stuff like that, where they had some higher profit margins. So when I'm looking at this, I'm like, Absolutely. they have been juicing the bill, I'd say, for a little bit. They definitely took advantage of um, COVID and those peak surcharges. And those co those mm -hmm. those COVID peak, peak surcharges are still implemented. Like, And COVID's been like done for years now, right? But they're still well, kind of juicing I mean, that. If you just look, look at the past five years of their stock, you know, pre-COVID, mm -hmm. so early mm -hmm. 2020, they were chilling around like $100 a, a share. Yep. And right now, today, they're at 143, which is a three-year low. So, I mean, they skyrocketed when it mm -hmm. came to COVID. I think their all-time high was somewhere around like 224. So, obviously, they I mean, they, nuts. <laughs> they went crazy. They were making buckets. And from our last episode with Josh from Shipware, he kind of exposed that, like, they were juicing the numbers. They were, mm -hmm. like, they were making some good margin. And then looking at the five-year run rate for their stock, they're still, you know, 40% higher than they were pre-COVID. So like right. still solid, but they're down almost year over year. You know, 50%. Year over year, over the you know, the past three-year average, they're down. And so yeah. that obviously doesn't bode well for them. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's some of the stuff they're they're looking at. Um, they kind of saw some revenue diverted. They're they're claiming they've recouped 60% of the volume lost during um during the Teamster strike. I'm not sure how much I buy that, honestly. Um, I know they're competing heavily on getting that those that back, and you're getting great discounts now. I mean, I'm hearing of brands that are getting better shipping rates now than pre-COVID even um, mm -hmm. on it. So it's like they're definitely trying to buy that that margin back, um, mm -hmm. and it definitely is. But the carriers are kind of starting to play ball. I mean, now before we were um, in the carriers, kind of had the the hand in, in negotiations, and now the shippers are kind of getting some power back um, to to get better rates. So. Um, kind of sounds like whole, the housing I mean, market. Yeah. <laughs> the housing market is still being a bit more stingy than I would like it to be, but yeah. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as a whole, they're, they're, they're claiming numbers are down. They definitely are down. There's definitely 
um, opportunity from the get volume back, um, revenues down, volumes down, operating margin, operating margin is pretty consistent. It's not too much of a, of a dip. I think it's around uh, what like a ten percent dip um, on operating margin, uh, which makes sense. I mean, with the the Teamsters Union, they're needing to pay more for for labor and wages and things like that. Upgrading those trucks aren't isn't cheap. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. And for them, they're saying that's like about on target of where they're trying to hit on operational margin. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they're kind of expecting that as a whole. Well, then during their last earnings call, they just announced that they're laying off 12,000 employees, which I think I saw a number here is like 7% of their workforce or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's a pretty big layoff. It's going to save them about a billion dollars a year. And honestly, we don't have to get like too deep into the economics of it, but I mean, they're they're definitely kind of on the down, you know. They're they're mm-hmm. riding that COVID high. They're laying off twelve thousand employees. Their margins are getting tighter because they're giving more more discounts and they're paying more because of the the union kind of pressuring them from the other side. So they got to make some changes, right? Well, I also would say, I mean, looking at UPS in particular, like yeah, there's some like if you look at just UPS and you hear that, you kind of like, oh, UPS is in the hole. Like this is not good. This is actually happening mm-hmm. across the industry as a whole. I mean, FedEx right now is losing some of their air freight. Uh, you because FedEx moves a decent amount of USPS um, shipments by air and stuff like that. And we're kind of seeing that mm-hmm. USPS is taking back some of that control. So FedEx is looking at doing layoffs on some of their pilots and the FedEx pilots, those are unionized pilots. And they're kind of, we're starting to see some pushback mm-hmm. um, from that organization. So in- interesting to see what happens with the USPS um, air division um, in the future. But as a whole, volume is down across all channels for all carriers. Uh, we're seeing more players in the market than before. There's more regional carriers um, coming into play, more shared networks. That's taking some volume. And then just as a whole, shipping is down. COVID, we saw such a spike in it. I think people are going back into retail. Um, there's a bit more like physical presence uh, happening than before. And so I think the market's just doing more of a course correction right now as a whole. So yes, there's opportunity. I think UPS is hurting in some areas more than others. But as a whole, we're seeing this pretty kind of significant it's happening across the board i'd say uh, with most carriers as a carriers as a whole okay so i mean to clarify or to to kind of yeah to clarify what i was saying i guess it's less that ups is on the down but it's more the the whole shipping industry is in flux like you know with the new regional carriers with you know just think you know coming off this covid high the industry is ready for kind of a change right that's mm-hmm. kind of what i'm getting and yeah and kind of going back to our original point of this um, of this episode of the story that I was kind of telling, being in the actual UPS store, they are doubling down on returns. So UPS published—I don't know when this was published—it's a few months ago. They they published an article on their website, basically saying it was titled "Why uh, Three Reasons Why UPS Is Going Big on Returns," and then they announced the uh, acquisition of Happy Returns, which I mean. Happy Returns is a. Have you ever used it, Emerson? I actually haven't. No, no. It's uh, it's good. Honestly, they. It's a very interesting um, kind of niche that they fulfill, and I know you're you're familiar with kind of how mm-hmm. they how they do things, but they they have these happy bars. Is that what they call them? Happy bars. Yep. Happy Returns across bar, the yep. country. I for, I forget how many, like sixty thousand or one hundred and twenty thousand, some some crazy number. I mean, they've contracted with all the Ulta beauties and and your Kohl's is Amazon, but you know you get the idea. All these different uh, places. It used to be with FedEx, then UPS bought it, so now you return Happy Returns to UPS. And um, really, it's an interesting business model because it's a boxless, labelless uh, return experience, which is really good for consumers. 
Consumers like it. You know, like who owns a printer? I, I do, but you know, I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> old I, remember, I do. <laughs> uh, I do. But uh, talking to my brother, he does not return anything because he doesn't own a, a printer. Like I mm. asked him to ship something for me. This was a little while ago. And he was like, dude, it took me six hours to figure out how to print off the thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like that was on schedule. <laughs> that was unnecessary. Um, but happy returns makes it really easy because you have, um, you know, thousands upon thousands of places where you can just take it, they'll scan it, they'll put it in a, you know, big uh, Gaylord to use that word we learned earlier, and then, yeah. you know, consolidate it, the shipment back to the, uh, to, back to the brand. So pretty interesting. They've got their own like end to end like software solution, but then they also like can integrate into other returns platforms. So they're kind of going this, uh, what, do you, what do you call that? Horizontal uh, mm -hmm. integration. And uh, they've got the vertical, but now they're kind of going horizontal as well and capturing, almost becoming a frenemy to all of their competitors on the returns platform side. What's interesting about Happy Returns as a whole is just the evolution of it. Uh, it originally started off as a tech platform. Then they realized mm -hmm. their actual main offering is in the logistics arm. And so kind of mm -hmm. what you're saying is um, for a while, they've gone through, I can't remember how many acquisitions they've been through, but they've been acquired like before UPS, they were part of PayPal. And so PayPal yeah. used to offer, hey, use our platform for free. You still pay for the shipping label and everything. Um, but like, hey, if, if your store uses PayPal, you can get this free returns platform. UPS took over and they said, no, we're now charging for the platform. Um, so it's definitely kind of like changing hands, how they're leveraging it, kind of different ownership, different strategies, what they want to utilize it for. So I think it's kind of like, um, I don't know, the pretty girl at the ball, but I think people don't know like how to they all kind of have their, their ways with it. They're trying to like manipulate it, use it for their own business ventures. Like we saw PayPal trying to leverage that. Now UPS is taking over, seeing how they leverage that um, to, to boost their network. I'm interested to see how that, how that affects it. But what's interesting about UPS and Amazon together, um, I mean, we saw this, what, 15 years ago, UPS was the main carrier for Amazon. And then all of a sudden Amazon came with its own fleets. And so another thing that changed the dynamics of the shipping industry is Amazon is now the largest domestic carrier. They, they ship more, they deliver more packages than UPS did, um, which UPS used to be on like the, was the, the highest delivery on that. So what's kind of interesting now is Amazon is now the biggest shipper in the US or carrier in the US by volume. They don't do reverse logistics. I, I at least haven't seen them really do anything on picking up returns from your doorstep or anything like that. Once they get to that point, that could be interesting. Right now, pretty much everything goes. They do, care. but I think they charge they charge so like twenty is. bucks a pickup. Oh, yeah, okay. so it's pretty pretty bad. Like it's not mm -hmm. like consumer friendly, but when it comes to a like a, a warehouse or a brand, mm -hmm. it makes sense, right? So it's it's I guess not necessarily reverse logistics at that point. It's just like doing pickups on a yeah. one by one basis. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see what Amazon, Amazon definitely leverages the UPS network for now. I'm interested. Mm -hmm. My hot take of that is I'm interested to see how long they do that for, honestly, until Amazon, that's a huge pain point for Amazon is the reverse logistics is returns. They have a high return rate uh, across the board as a whole, just due to the nature of their business and how they operate. Um, mm -hmm. They're leveraging the UPS network like they did for outbound shipment. Um, I think this yeah. happy returns is a great way for UPS to get access to more return facilities as they're trying to facilitate that for customers that so they can return at more locations. And that's what they primarily acquired happy returns for. So interested to see how that goes and how long, how long UPS honestly holds on to happy returns. I think it makes sense to a degree of why they acquired them, but also I think it's kind of interesting um, acquisition strategy as a whole. Honestly, I, I somewhat 
I guess not disagree, but I would go even further to say, I don't think they get rid of happy returns. Mm. I think it is a, like a very strategic, and if I were UPS, I'd make it a very strategic play to enter a, an industry that the competitors aren't really diving into. I mean, they're, they, they're getting kind of, in, their space is getting encroached on by Amazon has been for 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And they recognize that it's probably not something that they can really compete. They're not going to get the Amazon volume. They're just going to be losing Amazon volume. They're not going to mm -hmm. get more. So it's like, okay, where do we turn to increase our revenue and where do we see opportunity? And I think it's on the returns, uh, kind of the reverse logistics side. They currently do all, uh, I guess maybe I can't say all, but I would say the vast majority of Amazon returns go through UPS because the customer just goes and drops it off, boxes, label list returns. Now they've got this piece that takes it outside of Amazon. So if Amazon does pull that away, they now still have happy returns, which you know a lot of Shopify, uh, a lot of e-commerce merchants use. And so they'd be able to still capitalize on that infrastructure that they're building for the reverse logistics. So I almost see them doubling down. I mean, they've even published this on the site. They're doubling down on, on, uh, on reverse logistics on returns where you don't see that from Amazon or from FedEx or USPS really. So they're mm -hmm. kind of like trying to niche it out. And my spicy take is that they go even deeper into this and this becomes like, they just try to corner that market and make it way, like make it, very difficult for Amazon to go and compete with them on that. And the reason I think it'd be really hard for Amazon to compete on the reverse logistics side is because they would need locations. They need real estate, which mm -hmm. UPS has. Amazon, it's easy for them to buy a bunch of trucks and compete, but it's harder for them to go and buy real estate or get leases, long-term leases to have these return locations. The only way Amazon competes is through robots, you know, mm -hmm. something like super futuristic that maybe will come at some point, but it's not in the next 10 years, in my opinion. I like the spicy take. Your spicy take and my spicy take, please. Um, oh, dude, we're full of spice. <laughs> chicken, make make chicken spicy or whatever. Oh, it is that, getting that, hot in here. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting about UPS acquiring Happy Returns is they're going. All these places are retail locations that they pick up from, and so UPS is already typically going to those locations. They're already going to Walgreens. They're doing those those commercial deliveries, so they're already there. Which for me is mm -hmm. interesting is, I guess I lied. I have done happy returns a couple of times where I've dropped off at like a Walgreens or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, I guess in my mind, maybe there's, it's the, maybe there's a bigger tech play than I understand of how it is. Um, I guess maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to untake my hat as I'm thinking about it. <laughs> if you look at UPS. Real time people. Real time. Real time thought take. processes. Um, at first I was like, oh, why don't they just build the tech? And then I kind of just was like, oh yeah, UPS tech. Carrier tech sucks. <laughs> like if you look <laughs> at any of that stuff, it's all very archaic. It's um, built in the eighties and it's all just like bolted on kind of to their tech. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, why doesn't UPS is already delivering to those locations and are just picking up. That's all they're doing. It's like, Hey, I drop off my packages every day for Walgreens. Let me pick up these Walgreens packages. They're already doing that. So it's just like optimizing their routes. Why they spend hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever, acquiring happy returns when they could have just built that software. But at the same time, like they're not software developers. That yeah. probably didn't make sense um, for them to do that because their tech, I'm, it is the yeah. hardest and thing to get through. I mean, there's already the process built. There's already the customers. They're yeah. honestly probably paying more for the customers and the pre-built revenue of it than more than anything. Because I, I think guess, they... Well, I guess my hot take on that is, are, is, happy re is UPS getting much more volume back on that, I wonder if there's a back-end player where, like you have to use UPS then to generate those shipping labels. Because right now mm -hmm. it's like 
it, they already were getting that revenue anyways for those labels. It's not like they've increased their revenue on labels as a whole. UPS, like, unless they're changing, a lot of stuff goes through a shared ship network within Happy Return. So maybe they have a different network expansion that they didn't have before, possibly. Um, yeah. Is the one thing I, I can think of because most of those, yeah, if they're coming back UPS. They're all it's all consolidated shipment back from from Happy Returns. They're going to a warehouse. They're saying, hey, here's all these shipments that got returned from California. We need this whole pallet going to New York or whatever. And they're consolidating mm-hmm. that over to the end consumer. And those logistics in whole on reverse logistics can be slower than outbound. You're trying to get that next day, same day, two day delivery to the customer. Usually your return can take a week, two weeks, even three weeks, depending on the consolidation method you're, you're using to get that item back. And usually merchants don't mind that as a whole. They want sh- cheaper shipping costs more than faster returns um, happening as a whole. Well. Yeah, and honestly, I think this is this is partial, probably it's partially a revenue play for them, and it's you know also part of it has to do with the uh, the efficiency aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like if I've got a pallet uh, or a Gaylord full of these returns that need to go back to New York, I'm in LA, and I've got a truck that oh you know we have got one more spot on there. Cool, throw it on there. If I don't have any more spots, cool, we'll just wait till the next truck. So maybe it is mm-hmm. just making like. Yeah being able to fill out their trucks a little bit better and make it so that it's just a little bit more efficient and they kind of like cover their costs a little bit better. It could be a margin plan. I don't know. I mean, really, it, uh, there are so many aspects to this that really could work in their benefit if they don't totally botch it and then <laughs> end up selling it in three, you know, three years. Pay, PayPal, I think only had it for two years. Yeah, so, they I mean, they're just, it's going just, it's bouncing around. So in my mind, it makes a lot of sense. When I first heard this, I was like, why would UPS do that? But honestly, yeah. I think it makes a ton of sense. And I would, if I were UPS, I wouldn't get rid of it. I'd double down on it. I'd find like a way to make your, you know, make your processes more efficient, turn it into a revenue play. Cause you know, the, the label quote unquote, the happy returns label is like $4 and 12 cents of an item. That's kind of the mm-hmm. quotes that I've been seeing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they, they'll make money on it. There's money in returns, you know, and there's less of like a, Hey, get it there fast. Mm-hmm. So it could work well for them. Yeah, I think it's been interesting. There's not really anyone honing in on the reverse logistics aspect of it. There's software on it. There's been a mm-hmm. lot. I've seen a lot of startups of like, hey, we'll come to your house, pick up your return, no box, no label needed, and ship it back. So it's like a mobile type of uh, happy returns, I'd say. But they're so niche in like a certain area or something like that that mm-hmm. I haven't really seen it stick very well. Um, and the costs I- are so high. I mean, UPS already has all that. They already got guys. I since doing this, I've seen two FedEx trucks and a UPS truck drive by my house. So it's like they're already out. They're already doing it. They don't. Yeah. They're not going to be eating a ton of cost and having to buy more, like a bigger fleet and that kind of thing. So in the end, mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense and it gets a really cool new niche for uh, UPS that I think they can corner and uh, keep FedEx and you know USPS and Amazon out of. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Yeah, how the other carriers compete in this area. Um, of it and I'm interested to see why maybe they haven't hyper focused on it. So if there's a way to do it profitably, I think it'd be interesting. Most carriers I talk to, they don't really they don't focus on the reverse logistics. It's not a fun part for them because it is so fragmented. Like when you're picking up from a warehouse shipping out a thousand orders a day, you can optimize that network. When you have a thousand individual addresses importing from different locations into your network to go to one location, it's just a little bit different of the pickup is the most expensive part. Um of a, of a shipment, um, the pickup or the drop off. And so when those are high <laughs> flux of different locations, it, it stresses the network out. So interested to see, um, who but can kind of come up with streamline guess, to the, to the Amazon and happy returns side. And this will be the last thing I say about this. 
you're you're forcing the customer typically to go to your location and hand it to you. So it's mm-hmm. you're not having that that final mile or the the first mile yeah. um, issue. You basically are just like, hey, bring it to us. Like with Amazon, like that Amazon store or that UPS store was packed full of people doing Amazon returns. We all drove mm-hmm. there and they didn't have to eat the cost of coming and picking it up from me. Right. And so in the end, you know, as long as there's a location close to, to people and they, they're touting 60,000 pick uh, drop-off locations mm-hmm. on ups.com uh, with their returns stuff. So in the end, like it's a good play. It could reduce their costs and, you know, now they're shipping pallets of returns instead of single boxes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to, for sure to see how that that happens. I mean, when you're looking at your carrier contracts, I mean, it depends on the product size and stuff you're dealing with. Um, but when you're shipping from a commercial address from like your warehouse to a residential, you're usually going to have a residential surcharge, and that's going to be like a buck, two bucks, whatever it is with your carrier. So when they're picking up from a commercial address, delivering to your commercial warehouse address, you're saving that residential surcharge that you paid on your outbound um, as a whole. So there's some things to to look at on that. Sometimes they can charge a third party pickup. Um, fee on it. So maybe you are paying extra because you're not shipping directly from your warehouse. So as you're looking at your rates, just be aware of what that looks like. Again, with happy returns, usually it's a consolidated rate. So there's different pricing than your typical carrier rate you're looking at, but there are some some pros to doing something like that um, as a whole. So just fun fun things to dive into on your, uh, your shipping rate card and whatnot. Yeah. Well, after Emerson put us all to sleep with that one, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. That's the pod. <laughs> all right. Well, good night. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Hopefully, you're uh, on your way to bed so that you uh, you're feeling nice and sleepy after the rate card discussion. The rate but card discussion. Anyway, wrap it up. UPS isn't going to stop being like FedEx. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think they're going to definitely try to um, corner the uh, the returns market. And so uh, if you guys have any thoughts on that, please just hit us up, LinkedIn. I'm Russell Steed, Emerson Hammer. Um, let us know what you think, and we'll see you on the next one.